0: Welcome to Momentum Church. All right, well, thank you. It's like the first day of school, trying to get all your books together. and Put them in the right place. So how's everybody doing this morning? good to see everybody. I, because it's Mother's Day, I wanted to do something kind of fun for ladies. I wanted to go ahead and gift some ladies here a gift. Um, So really quick, Daddy, can you fix that? Because it's not working right. But I have three gifts I want to (laughs) give ladies this morning. Uh, And it's not necessarily for mothers, but just ladies in general. I would love to gift you something. So let's have Lori, come on up here. Stand right here. This is for you. Yeah, stand right there. And then let's have Christy Choate right here. This is for you. And I have one more. Oops, yeah, don't drop it. Don't you love the way I sent that to you? It's like, wasn't that uh, cautious. Sharla, I see you in the back. Come on up here. This is for you. These are some incredible ladies. And I'll be honest, I did not pre-pick them. I just, I knew God knew who needed to have these. But I want you three ladies to open this gift, these gifts at the same time. Go ahead and open them. Oh, (laughs) That's because you know me, Charlotte. You should not be nervous. So, all three of you ladies have a gift. So, what do you have, Lori? What is that? Yes, that is a French press. That is a fancy way of making coffee. So, what do you have, Miss Christie? Yes, she has a glass pitcher. And, what do you have, Charlotte? And you know what i think in a pinch maybe a gravy boat i don't know just don't get them mixed up because then you're in trouble yes now each one of these have a different reason for why you would pour them but what do they all three have in common yes they can yes thank you ladies yes those gifts get to go home with you but absolutely yes those gifts are gifts to be poured, okay? And so, yes, they have different reasons for why they need poured. And again, we don't want to get them mixed up because sometimes you might get something poured into something you don't want. But the common thread is that they have a purpose to pour. And so we are the same way. We as followers of Jesus, we have been created with the same purpose to be poured. And so I brought something from home, Um, I really should have five of these, but because I'm really good at throwing things out over the years, I I could only find one. But it's a cute, if you can't see it, um, those of you that are online, this is a cute handcrafted um, container that Maverick had made me um, at school. And so I brought it because I just thought it really represented something that had purpose and was made with love and could contain something. And to be quite honest you could probably pour out of it with the little gaps that he had in this. So I think it was meant for a bowl, but you could definitely pour out of it. So, um, but again, these are so important because they do. They have, just like us, purpose. And so that was just a little throwback, but something I wanna throw on the screen real quick too is something that I had written a few months ago, a little quote, and I don't know how many of you all do, Uh, journaling and such, but for me, I love to journal because it's a way to take all those crazy thoughts that are in your head and just kind of tangibly put them down to rest. Because sometimes if you're an overthinker like me, they can just go on and on and on. And so journaling really helps me put something down on paper that I can remember, but I can put aside and go on. And so I wrote this quote, and I actually started doing a, a gratitude journal And so with a gratitude journal, it's kind of that next step of just saying, okay, I'm going to write down where I am, but I'm also going to not miss being grateful and thankful in moments of my life that I wouldn't maybe naturally or normally see unless I really stopped to think about it. And so this quote came out of a gratitude journal that I had written a few months ago. And it says, I may not be able to explain the goodness of God enough to save someone, but I can exemplify that goodness in a way that leads them to who he is. And again, we contain his goodness. So that takes a lot of us a little bit of, it takes the pressure off of us. Because see, what we pour is not in and of ourselves. It is who he is. And so for some of us, I know with me, I don't always pour Myself out very well. I mean, you can ask family, you can ask close friends. Charlotte wasn't even sure she could open that gift in front of everybody. I mean, you you know, it's just one of those things where you, you know, it's it's not about us. And yes, at times we do pour ourselves out. There's times we probably say or do things we're like, man, that was probably not the best decision. But that goodness, according to uh, 2 Corinthians 4, says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So let's just think about that for a minute. So do we understand the value of who we are, first of all, that there is something intentional created by a creator for us? We are the jars of clay that have value and have purpose to contain who he is. And so I want to look at a couple stories today in the Bible that just talk about the purpose of why we pour. Because, again, we're going to have different reasons for why we pour. And so I want to look at a few of those today. So if you open your Bibles um, to Luke 7, I want to look at a story in here. Luke 7, 37. And I love this story because, again, I don't know where you are in life. If you're at a place where, man, I just... I know that I have purpose, but sometimes it's hard to know what that purpose is. Or I know that I am created to do something, but I just, I get lost in feeling like I'm not enough. Or I get lost in feeling like I have given and given and given, and I just don't have anything left. But in this moment, we're looking at someone who actually was filled, but it wasn't quite yet what Jesus had. So let's look at verse 37. It says... And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask or box of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, meaning the Pharisee, saying... This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And then it says down here, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, and this is verse 44, do you see this woman? I have entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her, the hair of her head. You've gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves, or the, your, for whom is given, the same loves little. And see, I see a woman in this story who, again, I feel like she was filled. I believe she was filled with brokenness. She was filled with iniquity. It says they've already defined her as a woman who was a sinner. And so we see this story in a couple other Gospels. But I can't help but wonder if this wasn't her first attempt to go to Jesus, to find him where she was, and to ask him as she poured out her brokenness to him, confident, of what he could do for her. Because, see, I, I see the, the other people, she was scolded by others, but in that moment, she was understood by her Savior. She knew who was in the room. She knew the people that were looking at her. But she had the confidence that she needed to pour out. And there's times in your life where there's moments where you know that there's things you're filled with that are, are hurting you, are making you fragmented, and you need to pour that out. I'm here to tell you there's purpose in that pouring. That is not a weakness. That is a strength. And I love that this woman, again, may not have been her first attempt to try and find Jesus, but had finally found an opportunity. Because obviously she wasn't wanted in that place. She wasn't invited. If anything, she was looked down at in that moment. But that brings me to my second point, That she was seen by Jesus and valued above her costly perfume. Again, this, this alabaster box that she had, it represented lots and lots of money. It represented value. But Jesus looked at the value of who she was over what she held and what she poured in that moment. And I was thinking to myself as I was going over the notes, I'm like, I wonder what that would look like in today's time. So here's a Pharisee over here. Man. She just poured, like, baby step one of Dave Ramsey's getting out of debt all over Jesus' feet. Do you know what we, you know what, actually, no, that's more like what, baby step four, where it's like three to six months' worth of income. She just poured that whole thing on his feet, knowing we could have, we could have given that to the poor. That could have been used, that value could have been used for something else. But they were missing the point because Jesus didn't see what was poured Uh, as the oil, but he saw the pouring of her heart and the brokenness that she contained. And so that's what I want to encourage you guys with. that That brokenness, I had a dear friend of mine say recently that God does not waste anything. He doesn't waste any of what you pour, even if that purpose in pouring is brokenness. Her story was honored, not the Pharisees. You know, they were the ones that were religious of the day, wanted to look holy on the outside, but they really struggled with the condition of her heart. And how ironic that the ones that wanted to be seen the most, actually their story, they were a character in that story, but their story was just second to the story of, she, of what she had done that day. And I thought that was so neat, because your story is not gonna be wasted. Your brokenness will not be wasted. So that's the first thing, I believe, is just a story of how God can take what we pour and make it something beautiful. The other purpose in pouring is I believe through the purpose of serving others. And I don't know how many of you all have been through Pastor Stephanie, when we could do Most Essentials, she does a part that talks about taking the corner of someone's mat. And she does an incredible job. And So if you've never been through Essentials, you have to go just to hear that because it, it really redefines why we pour and we give and we take to others out of service. Because it's important to be there for other people, not just because it's a checklist. So we're going to look at that real quick. And Luke, if you just uh, move ahead to Luke chapter 10, same book of the Bible, verses 30 through 37. I need you all to turn there so I can take a drink of water. It says in verse 30, And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, ch- now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived to the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, So which of these three do you think was ne- a was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. We see here that this man had compassion. And that was modeled a lot in the Gospels. If you look into all the Gospels, Jesus showed compassion first. And I think that modeling of compassion does lead to action I think all of us can pretty much say that there's things in our day-to-day life that we get moved and have passion for, and it turns to compassion, and we become aware of, of injustices or wrongdoings, but then it needs to move to action. And that's, that's purpose and pouring, because see, I believe that um, what you contain or who you contain is the compassion of Christ, but what you pour out is the action And I think a lot for me that it's easy to stop when the compassion hits. And we can feel moved and we can really uh, be aware of things and even be able to talk about the passion that we have or the compassion for others we have. But do we really take it to that next step of the purpose of pouring into others? And again, that pouring is not from the goodness of who we are. It's the goodness of who he is. And so I have a really neat Mother's Day story. And I just love how God does this because, you know, this was not in my notes. And I would actually have been thinking, you know, what kind of story would I love to relate to this um, purpose for pouring and serving others? I had a a single mom that had had texted me this week. And she asked, she said, is there anybody in the church that has a need? I'd I'd like to give financially. I would love to just, um, you know, help out and chip in. So I was like, actually, there is another single mom here that's having transportation issues, and I know she would love, you know, some help. And so um, she asked, me. she texted, how much do you need? And I texted her the amount, and I thought, ooh, I better just text her back and let her know, because it was a big chunk of change. I thought, I don't want her to feel like she has to take care of that all by herself. So I was texting her saying, you know, just any little bit, you know, is fine. Don't worry about a lot, but honestly, just the fact that you want to help is great. Before I even got a chance to send that, she had already sent a text back, done, it's already in push pay, I just want to be anonymous through it all, just go ahead and give the money to her. I just couldn't believe it. In that moment, a single mom was was moved to compassion, and and it, it poured out in action to another single mom. Two ladies, single income, single mom, was able in that moment to meet a need and again, it could have been as easy as just, wow, I know the needs are great around here. But in that moment, she picked up the phone and she made it happen. What, that is the best Mother's Day story. Just, you know, the fact that if a, if a single mom can see a need like that, how much more can we as ones that have double incomes? Or it doesn't even have to be money. You know, it's not even a financial thing. You know, it's, it's service to others. It could look like a phone call. It could look like a text to somebody that's been laid on your heart for a long time and you just can't shake it. That means the world to somebody else. And it may seem like you're just dripping, not even pouring. But honestly, in that moment, it can definitely just be so refreshing to the person receiving it. And so I I love that story. But you might be saying, man, you don't understand I give and I give and I'm empty. It's not like I can't pour. It's, that I, or it's not that I don't want to pour. I just, I can't. I mean, if you were to see my container right now, there's nothing in there. I mean, it's just the tiniest bit I have given. And the little bit I have, honestly, I need to save that for my family. I get it. I get it. That, that is valuable and that's important. But I do want to look, and I can't go without looking at this last one because I believe this is where I have lived recently. And I think this is the one that's so important um, just because it comes out of lack. But I believe there's purpose in pouring through obedience. And I understand that the Bible is very clear that not everything, that not everything you do has to be done out of lack or out of, oh man, I just if I do this one more time. There's times and seasons for rest. There's times and seasons for being still. But I can't overlook that there's times and seasons in our lives for obedience. And so this is where I found myself landing in this sermon today. And that is in 1 Kings 17 and uh, verse 8. And again, when you all are finding yourself in a place where you're just You feel desolate or you feel isolated or you feel, I don't know how to relate either with the people of the Bible or believers around me. I just, I feel like I just, no matter what I say or do, I just don't fit in. I just want to encourage you. You are going to find yourself somewhere in this Bible. These people are real people and they make some stupid mistakes. They make some great mistakes. They're real, and you'll find yourself in the stories in, these, in the word. And I really, what I love about this story is it really hit home in a lot of different ways. And this is what I want to share with you really quick. So starting in verse 8, we see here, Elijah had, had just uh, predicted a drought in the land. And so we're going to pick up right here. And it says, uh, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, meaning Elijah, arise, go to Zarephath, which, is, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate, the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And when he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little of oil in a jar and see I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And he and Elijah said to her, "Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some of your for yourself and for your son." And I think I'll just stop there for a minute. I kind of laughed when I first read this um just because I just thought how many times in Scripture we kind of take things out of context. You know, that would, that would not have been a great pickup line um, for a guy to say, say, we're looking for a good woman. You know, seeing a woman over in the corner, you know, cook. He's like, hey, what's over there cooking? It's nice. Oh, you just have enough for you and your son? Ah, okay. Well, can you make mine first? And then you can share it with him. <laughs> That's why it's important not to take Scripture out of context because right there, that is not a great pickup line if you're looking for a good woman that can cook good, okay? So just trying to help some people out in the room. Um, but again, in this moment, this widow had a choice because this probably it was probably very common. You know, if, I don't want to say common, but knowing there was a prophet coming and speaking, you know, she had a choice to make in that moment. You know, am, am I going to trust what he has to say? I mean, I can see how little I have. I don't have much to pour, and all I have to pour is what is enough for me. And you could be saying the same thing. All I have, you know, you're asking me to be obedient in a circumstance, God. And here's the thing. This is how you're going to know. Guilt will make you feel shame for not doing it, but doing it out of obedience is going to fulfill you. It's going to bring you joy. And I'll, I'll, get a, um, I'll share a little bit more about that in a minute. But in that moment, she had a choice to make, and she had to trust. And I think something too I want to share this is a little off um, the story, but who has trouble trusting? Is there anyone in the room that has a hard time with trust? Something God shared with me about a year ago, I had um, been um, just had some relationships that were just not real healthy. And I knew I needed to put some boundaries to that. And, you know, I felt bad because I know God calls us to love one another. But I was just fearful to move forward in that because I thought, man, I'm gonna have to trust this person. But here's the thing, God reminded me that we are not to trust others. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in that moment I realized I'm supposed to trust God but I'm commanded to love others. And here's the beautiful thing. There's going to be times when you have to trust God with other people, and maybe that will lead to being able to trust others. It's not wrong to trust others, but we are first called to trust the Lord. And that will keep you from getting yourself hurt in and, and, and a, a relationship or friendship to where it could, um, you know, it could be harmful for you. And so, I don't know. That's just something that when I was going through this, I just thought, man, that is, that is something that God really relief, uh, released me from, is just knowing that I don't have to trust people, but I do have to love them. And through trusting God, he will give you the ability to trust others when the time comes, if that's something that you can do um, with that specific person. Um, but anyway, back to my story. Sorry, some rabbit trails there. I guess Ross is rubbing off on me. <laughs> Oh, well, that's what happens when I don't speak in a while. I have all these little things I want to share. Um, so she had a, a choice to uh, obey or not, and obviously we see in the story that she does. But in this case, it wasn't about the value of oil, but it was the, the obedience in spite of her lack. And I think that's uh, where a lot of us can sit, that it's not the value of what we're pouring out. You know, it could be something so simple, but obedience opens up the ability for you to have opportunity and then abundance comes because we see here in verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. God is a redeemer. And so, No matter what you're pouring out, he's going to redeem that. Now, he's creative with how he does that. It may not look the same thing that you poured out, but he is a redeemer. He will give back to you what you've poured out every time, every time. And I say that with passion because there's been times where I have gritted my teeth and I have done things, and it's like, oh, do I have to pour one more time? Do I have to give this? One more time. And again, I'm not talking about this coming from a place where I know I'm supposed to be resting or in a place where I'm supposed to be still in his presence. I'm talking about a time when you know he is stirring you and he's saying, I just need you to trust me. One more time. He will give back. I want to leave you with one story in a closing and I did get permission before I told this story because it is a personal one. Now, some of my kids love it because they get paid. You know, the older they get, a dollar a story is not that big a deal. But a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go to um, a children's ministry leadership conference. It's called Orange. And it was incredible, like like always. It's like drinking out of a fire hydrant. You get so much um, resources, and the whole purpose is to... Uh, again, for them to pour into you as leaders so that you can pour into families and partner with families and to just really give them um, the encouragement because as parents, you are the most influential people in your kids' lives. There's a lot of people that come through that widen that circle, but you as parents have the most influence. And we as leaders, we recognize that, we see that, and we want to partner with you. So this conference was just incredible. I was learning all these new strategies and ways to implement it, and I get a phone call. Just a little backstory: uh, We had had trouble with, with one of our uh, oldest sons, Grant, <laughs> as with any teenager, and again, I got permission to share this story. Well, it was like we had to have the conversation. Son, you've got to get yourself up for school. We cannot do this for you every morning. And on this particular morning, Ross had to be somewhere. I was in Atlanta, so we couldn't take him to school if he overslept. He had to ride the bus. So I get a phone call. It was my first session of the day, and it's Grant. Yeah, I'm in a a meeting right now. I am stuck. I am lost in the middle of this forest. I don't know where I'm going. Dad kicked me out of the house and I'm wandering around and I don't know where I'm supposed to go and he wouldn't take me to school and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, and I just want to tell you, for all you ladies who have taken Lamaze class, you will not use it during labor. You will use it raising teenagers. And in that moment, I was using Lamaze, breathing because I understood the front side of the story, but in that moment, and I'm leaving out a lot of the details. He did tell him to walk to school. So, yes. So again, I'm just like, there's nothing I can do about this. He is angry. So then a little bit later, I get a call from Ross and he's like, "Honey." I see him on the gps he's right between woodstock trail and if he just keeps walking straight it's the parking lot of the school he's going to be fine he know i would not send him out there yeah if if it was just like you know lost in the woods somewhere in cherokee county so we we knew this but in that moment you know i'm hearing two very frustrated family members and and again in their own right, you know, I can see where they're coming from. It doesn't make them right or anything, you know, at least one of them. But it was hard because here I am in the middle of a conference. And I was already a little bit feeling low to the barrel. But it was frustrating because I just thought, my goodness, here I am, you know, learning how to pour into families, wanting to To pour into my own family, wanting to be able to give to my own ones, loved ones first, because I feel like, you know, if I can't have my house in order, what, what makes me think I can be a leader outside of the house? I was really struggling. And again, it wasn't just that scenario. There's times in our life, don't we just feel like, man, we just We just can't get it together for ourselves. How in the world are we going to get it together for other people and pour into their lives? And are we even capable? Do we have what it takes? No, we don't, and that's okay. Because I was gently reminded that I am not always going to be in charge of where I pour, but that I'm willing to share this goodness in whatever God puts in front of me. Some of the best places and times of ministry have been unintentional. Ministry, in spite of our lack, pours out the goodness and power of who he is. We are simply the containers. We're just the containers. But he, exemplified through us, is the most beautiful thing that we can pour out. And friends, I just want to encourage you. Wherever you are, if it's your brokenness that needs to be poured out, brokenness can seem costly to pour out in front of others, but one word from Jesus heals all that is fragmented. Who doesn't want to witness firsthand a miracle of someone being made whole? Whether it's you at this altar, guys, I come to these altars because there's times I'm broken, there's times I am not enough. But it's okay because he is. And his goodness in us is enough. And he will not leave me dry. He will not leave me empty. He is a redeemer. If he can do that for me, he can do it for you. So whether you're the one that's broken, whether you're the one that is stirred to be up here praying for someone or serving someone or texting someone, or if you're someone who takes inventory and says, man, I can't do this again. I just don't feel equipped. I don't have what it takes. I'm lacking, and I have just enough for me and my family right now. I just want to encourage you that he sees the purpose of what you pour. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, there's purpose there's so much purpose in what we pour. Help us to understand the value of brokenness, service, and obedience, because we contain your goodness. And as we do so, no matter the circumstances, God, allow us to exemplify you, Jesus, and how we pour out our lives to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www momentumchurch.tv